Welcome to Peace by Believing with John Redmond, Associate Pastor of First Baptist Church in Pasadena, Texas. Researchers tell us that more than 18% of Americans over the age of 18 suffer from anxiety each day. Today, John will give us an answer from God's Word to the question, is there an answer for my anxiety? If you'll open your Bibles this morning to the book of Philippians, chapter number 4, I want to talk to you this morning about anxiety, and the title of the message today is, Is There an Answer for My Anxiety? Now, I wish on a topic like this that I could take about an hour and a half and us really explore this whole thing about anxiety, but if I talk that long, I'm going to just make you more anxious, right? I'm going to increase your levels of anxiety, and what I hope to do today is to reduce any anxiety that you may be feeling in your life. Now, I think the best place for us to start today would be define what we mean by the word anxiety. What, is, what does that word literally mean? Well, our word anxiety comes from the word angst, A-N-G-S-T, and it has with it the idea of an uneasy feeling. It is a feeling of being uptight, the feeling of maybe being worried about something. It's Anxiety is really the inability to slow your mind down and relax. When a person is anxious or going through a season of anxiety, their mind is just racing. And so maybe they're not able to sleep so well. Maybe they're just not able to to relax. Anxiety also has with it the idea of being fearful that something bad is about to happen. A person who's anxious is maybe thinking, I hope I don't get cancer or I hope my family member doesn't die. I hope I don't lose my job, but I'm afraid one of those things might happen. And so an anxious person is always fearful or worried that something bad is around the corner and that something bad might happen. Now, it's interesting as you read and study about this whole problem of anxiety, it is a real issue in the world. In fact, studies tell us that the United States now, how's this for an award? We have been voted the most anxious nation in all the world. We're spending more money treating anxiety than any other nation in the world. Much of that has to do with our pace of life. We're going to get into that. And it has to do with other things that trigger those anxious feelings. In fact, in the United States, 50 million people in the course of a 12-month period will experience severe anxiety, whether that is a panic attack or whether that is becoming physically sick because of these, these anxious feelings. And so one of the things I want to say today at the beginning of this message is that anxiety itself is not a sin. Anxiety is an emotion, and we have to learn how to deal with it. And that is really at the heart of everything I'm going to say for the next half hour. If we can learn how to deal with these uneasy feelings, this racing mind that we can't seem to slow down, this fear that something bad is going to happen, then we're going to be well on our way to experiencing victory in this area in our life. And Philippians chapter 4 is a wonderful passage of Scripture for us to look at. There are others we could have turned to. Jesus addressed anxiety in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, be anxious for nothing, don't worry about anything. And Paul in Philippians chapter 4 is dealing with the exact same thing. Now, it's interesting. The Bible is Kendall's most highlighted book 
And Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7, is the most highlighted passage in the Bible. And so that just tells us that people are struggling with anxiety, and Christians are struggling with anxiety. This is not one of those issues you say, well, I'll get saved and I'll never have another anxious moment. That's just not reality. Now, Paul is writing this letter to the Philippians from a Roman prison. He's confined, he's trapped, and he can't get out of this prison. So he had every human reason to feel anxious, to feel uneasy, and yet he doesn't seem to have any of that. He's even writing to tell others how they can be at peace. And here's what Paul says in verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And so in verse number six, he's talking about anxiety. In verse number seven, he's talking about the peace of God, which is the total opposite of anxiety. But in verse number six, he begins by saying, be anxious for nothing. Say those four words with me. Be anxious for nothing. Now, I don't know about you, but I read that. And I think to myself, Paul, did you literally mean that? Are you telling us in the day in which we live, even the day in which you live, that it is possible for us to go out there in life and never be anxious? And I think Paul would say in response to that, no, that's not exactly what I meant. And the reason I say that is this phrase, be anxious for nothing, in the Greek language is in the present tense which doesn't mean anything much to us today, but to those first century readers of Greek, it meant a great deal to them because what that present tense uh, part of the language means is don't continue on with anxiety. Don't make anxiety a way of your life. Paul was not saying never have an anxious thought. He had another verb tense he could have used if he wanted to convey that. No, if someone dies, if you're involved in an accident, if you, I mean, if you get in bad traffic uh, tomorrow morning going to work, going to downtown on Interstate 45, it's just natural that you would have a feeling of anxiety. That, that pretty much is just part of life. What Paul is saying is don't let that feeling of anxiety become a way of life because when it becomes a way of life, it can be debilitating, can be devastating, and it can ruin a person's life. And so today, what I want us to think about is how we can deal with the anxiety that's in our life. Now, last week, I asked if we could have this little board up here today because I wanted to just write some things out today, and I think it might be a little more helpful if we could see it than me just say it. And so the issue that we're dealing with today is anxiety. And that seems to be on a lot of people's mind, and that's what a lot of people are struggling with. Now, anxiety is a problem that causes other problems. And so from anxiety, there are two main problems. There are probably more, but there are two main things that come out of anxiety. First of all is just what we'll call physical problems. It could be as minor as your eyes are twitching. And I'm not saying every time your eye twitches, that means you're anxious, but many times that is the cause of that. It could be a bad headache. It could be lightheadedness. It could be dizziness. You do a little study on physical symptoms that stem from anxiety. It could be uh, digestive problems. Maybe you have uh, indigestion. Maybe you have an upset stomach. 
And so now you're going to a gastrologist and you're taking medication to try to help your stomach and your indigestion or you're taking other medications from other doctors to try to deal with these physical problems and that certainly is understandable. It could be uh, that your physical problem is chest pain. Chest pain is one of the most common results of anxiety. In fact, many people today are going to emergency rooms with chest pain thinking they're having a heart attack. And the overwhelming majority of those people are not having a heart attack at all. They're having anxiety. And what it's doing, it is tightening up the muscles, particularly the back behind your head and particularly in the chest. Now, if you go home today and start having chest pain, don't tell your wife, well, John said it's nothing and I'm going to just ride this thing out. Because if you kill over this afternoon, I'm going to get blamed for that. If you're having chest pain, go to the doctor and hope that what I'm saying is right. Hope it's not a heart attack. Hope that it is anxiety. But the point I'm making is there are a lot of physical problems. I'm not even mentioning the more serious problems that could stem from anxiety. And then there's an emotional problem that comes from anxiety, and that is depression. Now, there are a lot of things that can cause depression, but one of the main thing that we know causes depression is anxiety, and the Bible even says that. Let me give you a verse to write down. In Proverbs chapter 12 and verse number 25, it said, anxiety in the heart of a man leads to depression. And so depression, not every single time, but many times, it is the result of anxiety. Now, what I'm wanting to get across today, and the reason I called the church last week and said, could we please have this board out there? Because I want you to see this. Anxiety is a problem in our world today. Anxiety is a major problem, but it causes these other problems. Now the chest is hurting. Now the, stump, the digestive system's all messed up. Now we're lightheaded, or now we're dizzy. So now we're trying to get treatment for those things. And in many cases, it can lead to depression. And it is something that many people are struggling with. And what I'm, the whole purpose of this message, and what I, the reason I wanted to put this on the board today is the focus today seems to be either on anxiety, one of these physical problems that stems from anxiety, or depression. That's what people are saying, this is my problem. And it is a problem. But the point of this sermon is to say there's something feeding the anxiety. There's, there's the, the anxiety and the depression and these other things many times are not the real problem. They are a result of another problem. And one of the things I love about the Bible is that the Bible is always wanting to get to the root of the problem. The Bible's not just dealing with the fruit or the result of the problem. And so many times anxiety, depression, chest pain, headaches, lightheadedness, all this stuff, that is, that is a problem, but it's a result of a greater problem. And so today in our time together, if we can figure out with the help of the Holy Spirit, what it is that's causing the anxiety that's causing all these other stuff, then we can deal with the real problem and we can begin to see these anxiety levels go down. We can see some of these physical uh, symptoms go down and the depression itself. Kind of like this morning we woke up, there was a heavy cloud over the area. Well, I looked outside between the services and the, the, not a cloud, the fog, and that fog now is beginning to lift. Well, the fog of depression and anxiety will gradually begin to lift if we can deal with the root cause. And so the million dollar question today is what is causing the anxiety? 
What is making 50 million Americans a year have this problem? And what is making a lot of people even here today having this problem? And it's probably something we have all struggled with in our lives. I'll say this, like today, if there was any such thing as an anxiety meter, if you could on a scale from one to 10, 10 being the highest, measure our anxiety levels. Well, like at this moment, mine, my anxiety level is a zero. I don't have any anxiety right now. But I can guarantee you this, there have been plenty of days in my life where I felt like I was coming to eight or nine or a 10. I, so I understand this whole thing about anxiety, and I think that's why it's so on my heart. How do we deal with it? What's fueling it and what is causing it? And I believe And I'm simplifying this, but I think everything I'm going to say fits here. What is feeding the anxiety is stress. There's your problem right there. And that's what's causing all these other things. And so the the best way to deal with the other things is to deal with the stress. Now, I would never be able to say that, (laughs) that we're going to be able to eliminate all stress. But I am saying we can manage it and deal with it. And so I want to mention four areas today where stress has seems to have gotten completely out of control. And you might want to just jot some of these things down. Number one area, and the thing that is causing our stress, is overcrowded schedules. We're just too busy. We are far busier than our grandparents and our great-grandparents ever were. Our great-grandparents, even our grandparents... Like I think about my grandparents, hardworking people, loved God, loved their family, worked hard, got up early, went to work early, five or six o'clock, work is over. They're going home, they're having dinner. Certainly our great-grandparents and great-great-grandparents, why? Because at five or six o'clock, they go home and have dinner. They didn't even have any electricity. So they're not going to work all night at home on a project for, for work or anything like that. They're going to bed at eight or nine o'clock at night. Yeah, they're getting up early and working harder. But today, what are we doing? We're saying, well, we've got electricity. We've got television. We've got things. You've got kids. You've got family responsibilities. And so the pace of our lives is just wearing all of us down. And so an overcrowded schedule and being too busy. And I even think back when God gave Moses the Ten Commandments. And the fourth one of those commandments said, Moses, be sure to tell the people, out of every seven-day period, got to have one day off. God made us that way. We work better if we take a day off, and we work better if within each day we have some time in the evening, more than likely, where we can disconnect from work, from responsibilities, and just relax. We have to let our bodies rest. You see, when we're always going and always doing, our bodies are in a state of of chronic tension. And when your muscles are tensed up, that activates your brain And that means your brain is always on high alert. And that leads to the second thing I want to say that's causing the stress today, and that is overactive minds. We're having a problem slowing our mind down. And again, I'll make this clear. When your body's tense, your brain interprets that as danger, or it interprets that as we need to do something to release this tension and to relax these muscles. And so we have overactive minds today. Part of the reason we have these overactive minds today is because the technology, the world of technology, all this instant news, we get it on our phone. I was preaching in the first service talking about technology and, and overactive minds and all this, and there was an amber alert, and the whole church's phone went off on amber alert. And it proved my point. It couldn't have been better. I mean, I, we pray for the situation on the Amber Alert, but I'm saying we have news is constantly at our fingertips. 
Max Licato, in his book on this subject called Anxious for Nothing, said that on the anxiety level in the news, he said, when our grandparents were, were living, if your grandparents are gone now, like if there was an earthquake in China, they would have found out about that earthquake two or three days later in the evening, in the paper, in the, in the morning or evening news. Our parents, if there was an earthquake in China, would have found out about it at the 10 o'clock news that night. If there's an earthquake in China today, we find out about it before the earth quits, quits shaking in China. I mean, the, there, there's an earthquake in China right now going on, or there's a flood in Thailand. We're not waiting three days or through the evening news. We know about it right now. And what I'm saying is, technology, while there's so much good about it and the potential for so much good, I'm not so sure sometimes that the negatives don't outweigh. I'm very familiar with the positives, but I think sometimes the negatives outweigh the positives. And if you're anything like me, most every day, I'll look on my phone just to find out what's happening in the world to see what's trending on Twitter, just see who, what, who did what and what's happening out there. And some days I just think, I don't even need the, I, it's too much information. I can't, I can't do anything with all that information. And so we have to learn to slow our minds down. Now, you still listen? Say amen. On these first two things that I'm mentioning today, there's something that we can do to help with the stress. On the overcrowded schedules, we can slow down. There's your solution right there. Slow down. Have a time each day when you disconnect. And that means you can't go to everything you're asked to go to. You can't be at every commitment in town. You have to slow down and you have to let yourself rest. On the second thing about overactive minds, what we have to do is you could say this a lot of different ways, but we have to guard our thoughts. Take our thoughts captive. Another thing that is causing the problem with our mind is not just technology. It is the devil. And the devil many times is putting thoughts in our minds of fear, of dread, something bad's going to happen. Uh, and he's filling our mind. He's telling us you can't do things. For example, you work for a business, and so tomorrow morning at 9 o'clock, you're scheduled to make a presentation at your company. You've got to speak for 35 minutes on whatever it is that you're responsible for. And you're not a public speaker. And so the thought of standing in front of 20 or 30 or 40 or 50 people for 35 minutes is, is just overwhelming to you. And it's causing what? It's causing anxiety. It's causing your stomach to hurt. It's causing you to have a headache. It's keeping you up at night. It's made you even a little bit depressed. And so, but you have to go back to the source of that. What, what is the real problem? One of the problems there is the devil's telling you, you can't do it. See, if you're not a public speaker, I've learned this about the devil. The devil in the Bible says he's like a roaring lion. So let's just stay with that analogy. Just like a lion in the wild will attack a weaker animal. When we are weakened with fear or maybe just something where if you say, I'm not a public speaker, so that just, just scares me to death. Okay, so the devil sees he has you in a weakened condition. He will just pounce on that and he will say to you, you can't do it. There have been so many times in my life, the devil has said that to me, something I'm going through in my life, and whether it's preaching or any other thing in my life. And I've heard this so many times from the devil, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. And something the devil got on me about two and a half years ago, it just, and I never had really thought about it like this, but I just kept hearing this voice saying to me, you're alone, you're alone, you're alone. You've got nobody to help you. You're alone, you're alone. And you, as a result of that, you can't do this and you can't 
You need somebody to help you and when you go places to speak or something like that. And here you are all alone. And it became a very, it caused me to have that anxious feeling. So much so that I got three Bible verses and I had them typed out, put them on this little card. And every morning for a good long while now, when I'm getting ready, when I'm putting my keys in my pocket, I look down on my nightstand. I keep this right by, by, by my bed. And I read these three verses every morning. And when I read them this morning, I was not even planning on sharing this. And I thought, you know, that'd be a good thing to share. Because when it comes to an overactive mind, one of the things we have to do not just disconnect from technology, but one of the things we have to learn to do is to respond to the devil's lies with truth. And I want to give you three verses. You can just jot these down and maybe write them up uh, for yourself when you get home. But here's the first verse I read every morning, Joshua chapter one and verse nine. Listen to this. God said to Joshua, now here's Joshua. Moses has died. Joshua's a new leader, and Joshua's thinking, I'm not Moses. I can't do everything Moses did. There's no way I can carry out these responsibilities. And here's what God said. Have I not commanded you, be strong and of good courage? Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, when we read our Bibles, if we read, for example, thou shalt not murder and don't commit adultery, we read that and it scares us to death and we think, God, help me not to ever do that or help me not to ever lie or use profanity or cheat anybody. Well, but in the same way, God is commanding us not to be afraid. It's a command, but he gave us a reason not to be afraid. He said, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Does me so good every day to remind myself, I'm not alone. I'm never alone. God is with me everywhere I go. Second verse, Isaiah 26, 3. This is a life verse. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Perfect peace. And when God began years ago to reveal that verse to me, it was like God said to me, John, it is not your job to keep yourself peaceful. It is your job to trust me. Keep your focus on me. When the devil puts these thoughts in your mind, you respond to those lies with truth. I'm trusting Jesus. I'm trusting Jesus. I'm trusting Jesus. And if, we, if God said, if you'll trust me, I will give you perfect peace. And that's a good word for somebody today too. You can't make yourself peaceful and you can't keep yourself peaceful. And when you begin to have those feelings of anxiety, if you just start trying to take the responsibility now of calming yourself down, that's just going to probably cause you to be more anxious. The way to calm yourself down is to trust Jesus, to trust the Lord to do it. And then Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. This, I declared, this is my verse for the year 2020. I can do all things through Christ because there've been things the devil said to me, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. Wait a second. Yes, I can. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And so we have to learn to respond to the devil's lies with God's word, with truth. Let me give you another verse. In Psalm 131 and verse 2. Now, David is writing this. And you ought to go look at it when you get home. Psalm 131 is a very short psalm. And in the first verse, he's talking about some of the problems and struggles and things he's going through in his life. But in verse 2, David said this. He said, surely I have calmed and quieted my soul. So David, if, if he calmed and quieted his soul, that must mean that before he did that, his soul was restless and anxious, but he learned how to calm his soul. Now, do you think David did that by saying, soul, be calm, mind, slow down? No, he did that by trusting God and saying, Lord, I'm taking, 2 Corinthians 10, 5, taking every thought captive. So the devil comes to you in that board meeting tomorrow morning at 8.55, right before you get up to speak. 
you can't do it, you can't do it, you're going to pass out. Look at you, you're sweating. Everybody's going to laugh at you when you get up there. You're not going to make it through your presentation. Here's what you say to the devil. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that will calm your soul because the Word of God has a way of doing that. So we have to guard our thoughts. We hope that John's message, Is There an Answer for My Anxiety?, has been a help to you today. You can find this message, along with many others, on our website, www.peacebybelieving.org, under the broadcast tab. If you would like to grow in your relationship with the Lord, we have some resources that we believe will help you. Simply look for the booklets tab on peacebybelieving.org. The booklet, How to Have a Peaceful Heart, is a great companion study to go along with John's message from today. We invite you to connect with us on social media. Please like at Peace by Believing on Facebook or follow at PBB underscore broadcast on Twitter to stay up to date with the ministry of Peace by Believing and to share Peace by Believing with your friends. If the ministry of Peace by Believing has been a blessing to you, we would love to hear from you. Please email us at info at peacebybelieving.org or give us a call at 1-800-337-0157. Thank you for being with us today, and we look forward to you joining us on the next Peace by Believing with John Redmond.